Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, November 4th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The Federal Reserve finally said when it's going to start scaling back its pandemic bond buying program. The UK is turning to Qatar for its energy security, and Iran nuclear talks are back on the table. Plus, Argentina's in an economic crisis again, and this time it's warned that it can't pay its next bill to the International Monetary Fund. A default to the IMF would be almost unprecedented. I mean, this has only ever happened very, very rarely with any country. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The Federal Reserve said it would start winding down its $120 billion a month bond buying program in a few months. The pandemic stimulus could wind down altogether by next June. I'm joined by the FT's U.S. economics editor, Colby Smith. Hey, Colby. Hi there. So how big is this moment, Colby? The Fed's you know, been talking about this for months. Um, I think it is a pretty momentous occasion, even though, as you rightly point out, it's something that we've uh, long been expecting. I mean, for the past, uh, I want to say, six months or so, the Fed has uh, really been trying to prepare markets in a way for this moment by trickling out, you know, meeting after meeting um, that they were inching closer to this decision even before we got to yesterday, the Fed had even um, stipulated and signaled in some way the pace at which it'd be winding down uh, these purchases. So it, it didn't leave much, you know, uh, to surprise investors yesterday. And uh, I think that's exactly the way in which the Fed wanted to go about doing this. But that being said, it is the first kind of substantive move towards tighter monetary policy for the central bank. Right. And in many ways, yesterday was kind of the opposite of what's called the taper tantrum. The S&P was up a little bit, you know, not a lot of market movement. Um, so, Colby, one of the big reasons the Fed is doing this is is to fight inflation. Uh, what's next on that front? So uh, this is just a first step in a broader kind of tightening process um, over time. Now, this decision came to be not just because of the higher inflation figures, but also because we've seen some important strides on the labor market front. But that being said, what Fed Chair Powell made quite explicit during his press conference yesterday was that they need to see quite a bit more improvement in the labor market recovery before uh, you know the Fed is going to feel comfortable to eventually raise interest rates, which is the direction that we are heading in at the moment. So I think the big question is how long the Fed can proceed with this process without having to start talking and thinking about when interest rates are going to have to rise. And that's a conversation that financial markets and investors have kind of started for the Fed. They've started pricing in interest rate increases as early as the third quarter of next year, which is right around the same time that the Fed's going to be wrapping up these asset purchases. Colby Smith is the FT's U.S. economics editor. (laughs) 
As the UK and Europe struggle with an energy crisis, the FT reports that the UK has proposed a long-term arrangement with Qatar to ensure a stable source of liquid natural gas. Downing Street has denied requesting or securing additional gas from Qatar. It also says UK energy supplies remain secure through the winter. Qatar is the world's largest natural gas exporter. Most of its gas went to customers in Asia this year, but over the past two weeks, at least four large tankers have been rerouted to the UK. Argentina is in another economic crisis. Inflation is running at more than 50%. Dollars on the black market cost double what they do at the bank. And now a huge showdown is looming between Argentina and the International Monetary Fund. I'm joined by the FT's Michael Stott. He was just in Buenos Aires. Hey, Michael. Hello, Mark. Michael, how do you see the economic crisis affecting Argentinians? What does this economic crisis actually you know, look like? Yes, Mark. I think one of the most striking things is the number of people, particularly younger people, who are now leaving the country to find work abroad, who've just given up on the prospects of Argentina in the near term. What you also see in Buenos Aires is a lot of closed shops. You see business investment at a standstill. In fact, people are trying to get as much money out of the country as they can. The other thing you see, of course, is the way these price rises are working through. The government's trying to control them with a price freeze. It's ordered that 1,400 prices of household items should be frozen until January to try to control inflation. But of course, this is something that's been tried many, many times before, not just in Argentina, but in other countries in the world. And it never works. As soon as the controls come off, of course, the prices just shoot back up again. But it's a kind of measure of the desperation to which the authorities are going in order to try to get things under control. Now, you spoke to the country's economic minister, Martin Guzman. What did he tell you about his current negotiations with the IMF? Yeah, so what's happening, Mark, is that Argentina owes the International Monetary Fund $45 billion. It's the biggest program the IMF has ever done for any country in the world. And this was money handed out under the previous president, Mauricio Macri. And the current government, which is a left-wing nationalist Peronist government, says that the loan was illegitimate. It should never have been made. It was made to finance, according to them, Macri's re-election campaign. And therefore, they want special terms for paying it back. And what did he tell you about his hopes for a deal with the IMF? Well, he wasn't willing to put a percentage chance on it. Uh, What he said to me was that uh, Argentina would get a deal if the IMF agreed to what Argentina was asking for. And I understand from people close to the process that while in public, both sides have been saying that they're talking constructively. In fact, privately, what they say is there's been no real progress in terms of technical negotiation on substantive issues. So the IMF is holding its position. What's the thinking on its part? Well, the IMF doesn't accept that the loan was illegitimate. It says the loan met all of its normal criteria. It was extended under normal procedures. But also, of course, they're thinking about precedence because this is a global organization. Its shareholders are all the countries of the world. And of course, they can't be seen to be doing a special deal for one country. So they want Argentina to follow the rules. Michael, what happens if there isn't an agreement by March? Are we looking at yet another default? 
Well, yes, Mark, this would be an even more serious one. So they defaulted uh, briefly on their debt to private creditors before reaching an agreement with them last year, which was, I think, their ninth default with private creditors. But a default to the IMF would be almost unprecedented. I mean, this has only ever happened very, very rarely with any country and, and usually only for a few days because you cut yourself off not just from the IMF, but from all sources of you know international funding organizations. So organizations like the World Bank, the American Development Bank wouldn't lend to a country that's in arrears to the IMF. And that's why it would be a huge step for Argentina to take. Michael Stott is the FT's Latin America editor. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Mark. Negotiations to revive the Iran nuclear deal are back on. At the end of this month, November 29th, Iran will join China, France, Germany, Russia, and the UK in Vienna. The meeting will be chaired by the EU. The goal is to salvage diplomatic negotiations over the nuclear pact and to find a way for the U.S. to rejoin the agreement. This comes as concerns grow over the scale of Tehran's atomic activity. And before we go, another reminder that the FT is offering a 30-day free trial for our Moral Money newsletter. Moral Money covers the fast-growing world of socially and environmentally responsible business and investing. You can sign up for the trial at ft.com slash COP26podcast. Click on Get the Newsletter. We'll also have a link in the show notes. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.